Hi, this is Kyle. And this is Rich. Welcome to episode 33 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week, it's Temple of the Dog by Temple of the Dog. Let's get into it. That's a different room. What's going on? Who are you? I'm at home now. Of course. Yes, I have much better acoustics now and everything. Oh, it's gonna yeah. be s- our podcast is going to sound so good now. <laughs> Finally. How you doing? I'm all right, thank you. I'm enjoying a nice couple of days off from work between projects at the moment. Wonderful, at last. Yes, it is. It's lovely. Um, but I should say happy birthday to you, Kyle. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Because Once again. it's not your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be one day when it will be. comes out. <laughs> when anyone hears this conversation, it will be your birthday. Yes, well, thank um, you so in I, advance. I hope that you have a lovely birthday in advance. How are you? What are you up to? I'm just enjoying my birthday, you know, just having the best, <laughs> having the best time. Having some cake, having yeah, some parties. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got loads of people around, fuck it. Uh, no, yeah, I'm absolutely fine, Rich. Uh, also, just, you know, working and, and relaxing as much as I can. Getting out for more walks is what we've been doing recently, me and Jess, because yeah. we needed it, Christ alive. Um, but yeah, I'm hoping yeah. tonight's lockdown announcement to date this podcast gives us some yeah. mild hope for the near future. Yes, the roadmap. Come on! Uh, I, d- I did see on it that it's, like, I saw, like, an infographic about it of, like, when things can happen. There's, like, four stages to it. Yeah. And one of them is that all, like, major events can go on, but I think that's no earlier than the 21st of June, and I'm right. pretty sure download is the first weekend in June. Yeah. So it's, oh. I, th- I think it's going to be... Another year of cancellation. Yeah. Christ. God, I wonder what that's like for the promoters to like set mm. it all up twice and then have it. I know. They just have this long list of bands. You have to be like, I know that we had you two years ago and then we said we'd have you this year yeah. and then it didn't happen and then the same happened last year. Do you still want to play? <laughs> Please. Gene Simmons is like, well, I'm there every year. So. Yeah, come on. Like, I'm just, I'm just live there. And Spirit Box's album might have come out by then. Oh, that's so. true. So they might be further up the list. They might be higher. Yeah. Oh. It might be headlining instead yeah. of Kiss. <laughs> oh, come on. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> quickest ascent to headline of all time yes this week though for my birthday treat um mm. we've been listening to an album that you knew nothing about i suppose other than me maybe mentioning i it. knew nothing about this i'd never even heard of it until we started doing this podcast and you put it on the list and i was yeah. like what is this <laughs> yeah it's a strange name for a, a project it is yeah yeah but it, it makes sense once you get into it yes it certainly does um Okay, so I uh, know oh I won't jump into how you found it. Should we do like some background on on them? And <laughs> so tell me, is it in your hall of fame? Uh, <laughs> do you want me to do some background? Yes, yes. Why don't you do that? Seeing as you are more sort of in there with the with this band and the uh, the bands that comprise it and things. Yeah, absolutely. So Temple of the Dog uh, is comprised of two members of Soundgarden, uh, as previously discussed, my favorite band of all time, uh, Chris Cornell and Matt Cameron, uh, lead vocals and drums. And then uh, the other three members at the time weren't members of Pearl Jam because Pearl Jam didn't really exist, um, but it was sort of in its, you know, it was being formed uh, under a different name. Um, but yeah, you had Mike McCready, who uh, had actually hadn't joined Pearl Jam at the time, but he would then go on to be in Pearl Jam, obviously. Uh, and Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard, who were members of a band called Mother Love Bone with mm-hmm. a guy called Andrew Wood. And the whole 
project came around because Andrew Wood died of a, a heroin overdose uh, in mm-hmm. 1990, and he was good friends with Chris Cornell. So Chris started writing some songs. About... He was, they, were, they were roommates at the time, weren't they? Yes, they were roommates, yeah. Um, and yeah, they Chris started writing some songs to sort of uh, honour him. Uh, and it was originally planned to just be maybe like a like a two side. It was originally just going to be the two opening tracks of the album. But mm-hmm. once they got in the room and started jamming, uh, they kind of thought, no, we should do something proper with this. Uh, and so yeah. they yeah they formed Temple of the Dog and they just recorded. And this they album. sort of like they all had like bits they were working on and yeah. like demos and things, and then they just sort of brought them all together, right? Yeah, they they apparently they, one of the plans originally was to maybe just cover some Mother Love Bone songs, but with Chris on mm-hmm. vocals, and they were like, that's probably not the best idea, is it? Um, <laughs> so is yeah. Andrew Wood the singer then? Andrew Wood was Love the singer Bone. in Mother Love Bone, yeah. And I've never gotcha. actually listened to Mother Love Bone. I don't know what they sound like. I think they released one album or maybe one EP or something. Okay. Um, but I've never listened to them, uh, so I don't know if Chris, you know, sounds just like him, and it would have been mm-hmm. like a like a pastiche or whatever. Um, but yeah, so they got together to, to write this song and uh, write these songs, sorry. And once they were sort of ready, they went into the studio in early 1991. They recorded it in 15 days is what I read. They just absolutely fucking smashed straight through Yeah, I, um, I saw that they sort of did it in the weekends in between when Chris was recording Bad Motorfinger with Soundgarden. Yeah, which is insane if you ever like to listen to the vocal takes he's doing on both of those albums. To think yeah. that he had like a week of doing it for Soundgarden and then he took a weekend off to sing it more. Yeah. And he still sounds as good as he sounds is uh, unfathomable to me. Um, but it also made me realise, like, I've never thought about the idea of recording an album, like when you're a professional artist, of just being like a, a Monday to Friday thing. Yeah. Like, I've never really thought about, like, okay, see you later. See you Monday, guys. Yeah. I'm just going to go for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if, yeah. I don't know if it always works like that. I feel like... Because obviously, you know, like, with Incubus, they were just living in this house yeah. and they were recording. Surely yeah. they were just doing it whenever they wanted and it didn't matter what day of the week it was. Yeah, I think so. And I think we discussed in Dream Theatre that they, like, move into the studio and they rehearse mm. and write the songs there so that they can record any time, like, straight away. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine Trent Reznor being like, sorry, guys, it's Saturday morning. I'm going to Universal Studios. Yeah, sorry, guys. It's 5 p.m., actually. Uh, I need to clock off. I've got got things to do. I've got a lemonade to drink. Yeah, my uh, favourite soap is on. I better go. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, just we'll get back to those drums next week. Yeah, I don't think, think so. But yeah, um, so that yeah, that is how it was recorded. Very strangely, very quickly. Um, mm. And yeah, it was released in uh, April of 1991. Uh, yes. To sort of n- like mild critical acclaim, but to not much sort of fanfare and push from A and M Records yeah. because I mean, because it, it sold kinda... like seventy thousand, which is obviously a lot of records. But yeah. They sort of played a few shows but didn't do much. And then, as you said, Chris went back to finishing up Bad Motorfinger, which was then released later on this year uh, in September. And Pearl Jam's debut album, they went straight into the studio and recorded what became 10 with uh, Eddie, who's also on this album. Um, And that came out in August of 1991. And then apparently after that, A&M Records, who had signed Soundgarden as the first major label to sign a a band from Seattle, and they had Pearl Jam as well, realised retroactively, holy shit, Mm. these two bands have just released these huge albums, and they released a a supergroup album before before they got big. Maybe we should do something about it. So then the following year, in 92, they released a video for uh, Hunger Strike, and they pushed it. And it just went, it went, it went mental. It went much higher yeah. than it had done on release. And it sold, I think it sold a million copies in the end, didn't it? It did sell a million copies, yeah. And it got to number five in the charts. Yeah, which is a strange story. But, I mean, it makes sense in context. But It is, yeah. It's an odd thing to look at timeline-wise. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and that was that was kind of it. They never did much over through the years, whenever Pearl Jam were playing, because um, obviously Eddie Vedder ended up singing for Pearl Jam. Um, mm mm-hmm. 
they Matt Cameron ended up drumming for Pearl Jam as well, yeah, right? After after Down on the Upside that we talked about, yeah, they mm. they uh, Soundgarden broke up and Matt jumped over to play with uh, Pearl Jam and he's been with them ever since. But yeah, if oh. Chris was ever in town or ever nearby, they would you know sometimes do like Chris would come out at a Pearl Jam show and they'd sing some some Temple of the Dog songs. Uh, Chris obviously continued to play a lot of them at his solo shows and with Audio Slave and things. They did yeah. a tour in 2016 and I am still absolutely just like broken hearted that they didn't do a they didn't come over here they only did a US tour yeah they did like seven shows in the US and that was yeah, it or something that was yeah. It. yeah and I was so hopeful that they would come over here because I would have loved to have seen it um, mm. but yeah and that was it and then obviously Chris passed away in 2017 and so this is kind of the you know it's not going to do yeah. very much now and no we absolutely well that is a very concise <laughs> and very Everything you said, everything there. You said everything, <laughs> so that that is good stuff. Do you want to know what was number one in the charts at the time? Always rich, always. So when it first got released in '91, yeah. Mariah Carey's album Mariah Carey was number one. <laughs> okay. And then when it got re-released, Billy Ray Cyrus was number one for like the whole summer. Damn right he was. You know, I'm, I'm down on record on this podcast. <laughs> you are, yeah. Being a big fan. I mean, I just only know Aki Breaky Heart, but it's such a tune that you can't and, deny uh, it. You, the Eurythmics Greatest Hits was number one in the UK. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Sure. Um, I mean, sweet. Do you want to give a track rundown and then we'll get into it? Or is there anything else you wanted to say? I saw that it was produced by Rick Parashar. Right. Um, who also played piano on the record. Oh, okay. Um, and he. this was the second album he'd produced... Wow. Uh, he produced a band a couple of years later, a uh, couple of years earlier, <laughs> for a band called Forced Entry, who sure. I've not heard of. Nope. Uh, but then after that, he also did Ten by Pearl Jam. Yeah. Um, he did the next EP by Alice in Chains, um, cool. and then he en- ended up working with. Uh, he did Silver Side Up oh. by Nickelback. Uh, he did Away from the Sun by Three Doors Down, and he did Have a Nice Day by Bon Jovi as well. Well, bloody hell! Yeah, not bad. So he's yeah, he's done some. He's sort of a. Sort of sly, like just getting in there yeah. doing these classics and then... Disappearing. Just, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Not a bad uh, but Yeah, okay. So, track listing. We've got 10 tracks. We've got Say Hello, To Heaven, Reach Down, Hunger Strike, Pushing Forward Back, Call Me A Dog, Times Of Trouble, Wooden Jesus, Your Saviour, Four Walled World, and All Night Thing. Correct! <laughs> 10 points. We've, we've been having the, the fun of the fact that Reach Down isn't on Spotify for whatever for, reason. For some bloody reason, yeah. So we've been listening to Say Hello to Heaven, then pausing it, going on to YouTube, listening yeah. to... Well, that's where I've been listening to it. Yeah, me too. Reach Down, then going back to Spotify and going from Hunger Strike onwards. Yeah, I still... I, I Someone please, if you know, please email in and tell us why uh, the remastered version has uh, Reach Down, but the original 1991 version, it's just not on Spotify Grayed out, not allowed to listen to it. Yeah, don't, very don't know what happened. Yeah. Do you want to quickly mention the the two different releases of the album? Yeah. So there's yeah. Well, the original 1991, and then uh, when they went on tour in 2016, it was because they had done a 25 year anniversary remastered edition with a bunch of live tracks, a bunch of demos that never made it onto the album, um, and a bunch of like alternate takes and things like that. And I mm-hmm. personally don't think it's as good. I don't think the remastered version sounds as good as the original. So I implored Rich to listen to that one, but you know you may <laughs> disagree with me. So uh, obviously, well, I, did, I didn't listen to the remastered one, so I can't compare. That's all right. But yeah, I I, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> listen to the first one. <laughs> oh, I did listen to Born to Run today. Oh right, fuck this whole podcast. Right, so Born to Run. <laughs> <laughs> Jungleland's pretty good, isn't it? Just a bit, Rich. Just yeah. a bit. 
Can't beat a two and a half minute saxophone solo. Mm-hmm. Was that Clarence? Clarence, the boy. Um, okay, should we should we stick with this these guys? My other for a bit? my other great love, yes, we should. Yes. Um, okay, so we're gonna start with Say Hello to Heaven, which is the opening track and I mean I guess the, these are the two first songs that sort of kicked the whole thing off, aren't they? Yeah, these are the two that he wrote, I think, directly after Andrew died that were that were gonna be just the let's release these two and do nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I mean it's a pretty big song the yeah. opening track isn't it, it yeah it, it is yeah it's um I mean I may as well get out of the way it's one of my it's one of my favorite songs of all time this is but it's oh. also, but it's also my favorite vocal take of all time mm. like in any in any song ever mm-hmm. this I think this is my favorite just yeah just my favorite vocal did you know that this is his highest ever recorded note in this oh, song the one at the very end i imagine sounds about i imagine right. so yeah. <laughs> yeah that might be the one no that yeah. sounds about right for old chris there's a there's an isolated vocal track that i right. heard yeah uh, maybe we should link to it because i mean it's very impressive yeah um it's got it's got the drums and the then it's got the guitar solo otherwise there'd just be loads of silence yeah um, <laughs> but um yeah it's pretty amazing listening to it just yeah what he's what he's doing and again like uh, on his on his weekend breaks from singing bloody I rusty know. cage and jesus christ pose <laughs> like yeah god crazy stuff yeah so to me this song and some of the other songs on the album sound quite like lenny kravitz ballads okay i don't know how much lenny kravitz you've listened to very little um right so he's got some songs which i can't i can't like pair them up necessarily right. but things like this and maybe like all night thing mm-hmm. have a very sort of certain Lenny Kravitz feel to them. Okay, um, which isn't a bad thing. I'm a Lenny Kravitz fan, so okay. Uh, but to me, the first couple of times I listened to this song, I sort of thought this is a Lenny Kravitz song with Noel Gallagher doing the guitar solo because <laughs> I was like that that solo is just taken straight from something like Stand by Me or yeah. Slide Away, or like some sort of like big Oasis song. I don't know what it is about it, but it's, it, I think it's just because it's, it's quite a simplistic solo yeah, compared yeah, yeah. to some of the others. And it's just working up that scale. Mm-hmm. There's no like shredding. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, yeah. just He's got yeah. A, a, like a distinct style on this album, like McCready. Not that, again, and I love it. And like, I'm not saying it's bad, but it is. Mm. He's very bluesy, isn't it? It's quite. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, the whole album is pretty bluesy, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. I read that Mike McCready, so like he wasn't in Pearl Jam at the time, obviously, because they didn't really exist, but Mm -hmm. he had come like, he'd sort of just joined their project that became Pearl Jam. And this was the first thing he ever recorded. Like he was in this, he'd never been on a record before. And so there's a video of Chris, like, especially about Reach Down, where they had to like convince him to, to do a solo and like like, keep going yeah it's like it's like it's your moment to do a solo like you don't have to be afraid Uh do a solo and he was like oh okay yeah it's like fine i'll just do a six minute one how's that watch this (laughs) yeah yeah okay well obviously yeah i mean you love it i mean what what is it that you love love about this song i I don't know if it is just um how good chris is on it but i think the lyrics are really great especially Mm -hmm. in context um, mm-hmm. And I love anything in a six eight. So like, genuinely, the yeah. feel of it is lovely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just the way it builds because it like the verses are you know, and then it builds up to the chorus, and then it drops back down, and then it does it mm-hmm. again, and then he goes, yeah. and then at the end, that final verse, the uh, I never wanted to write these words down for you, and it just yeah. goes up, and then that last chorus when he's just, you think, oh, he's pretty high here, and then he goes, well, yeah. watch this, Wah! it's like he just fun. really ramps it up, doesn't yeah, he? Just like, and yeah. it's. it's it's just a perfect to me it's like a perfectly made song you know like mm-hmm. there's not a bit of it out of place 
Um, and I wouldn't change a second of it for anything. The yeah. drums are great, the bass is great, all the guitar stuff's great. Yeah, just top to yeah. bottom suits me to the ground. It is, it is great. It's um, so obviously the band and the album are called Temple of the Dog, and then there's a reference to dogs on this song as well. And mm-hmm. then obviously there's a song called Call Me a Dog, and then there's another reference in another song to dogs. Is that just coincidence, or is that beside? So the, the name Temple of the Dog comes from a lyric from Mother Love Bone, right? Yeah. Yeah. But is there any further meaning to all the references to dogs, or is that just coincidence? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. Because uh, on Bad Motorfinger, which obviously came out later this year, uh, in Rusty Cage, um, he says uh, there's a line about dogs as well. Oh. And I don't know if, uh, if if it was just a thing he was going through that year. Maybe he just yeah. had lots Maybe of dog imagery on the writing brain. about dogs. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know, to Rich. I, I always wondered that myself. <laughs> It was just 1991 was a very dog year for Chris Cornell. <laughs> Maybe it's the year of the dog. Oh, shit. Maybe it was. I watched a video of when they did the I Am The Highway Chris Cornell tribute yes. show. Yeah. When Chris passed away, uh, Miley Cyrus did the vocals on this song. Yes. And it's, it's a pretty good cover. Yeah, I agree I mean, with it's you. not a cover because it's the rest of the actual band. but Everything I read was like everyone was being a bit standoffish to her when she walked out because you'd had like... Dave Grohl and Chris Stapleton right. and Metallica and stuff. And then Miley Cyrus walked out. And yeah. apparently the crowd were a bit like, oh, but then she absolutely fucking yeah, destroys I mean, she, it. You can think what you like about her, but she's got a great voice. She's got a great voice, yeah. I do like, yeah. though, not in not in a mean way, because it's no mean feat, but she can't, she doesn't do the notes at the end. Like, she can't hit them. No, she just does something else. Yeah. Like, yeah. which is just, like, ridiculous that Chris Cornell is like, ah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to go on to Reach Down? Yeah, sure. Cool. Are we gonna, do you want to take 11 minutes to talk about it? Uh, we could do. We could just noodle around for five minutes doing yeah. nothing we do really. do scat, scat solos at the end? <laughs> uh, so I, I really like the intro to this because it's, it's very sort of like muddy and psychedelic and sort of dirty, grungy. A, a lot of the album doesn't really sound that grungy at all. No, um, I, I, yeah. a lot of it sounds like what Chris went on to do like with his solo stuff, like that kind okay. of side of his songwriting. The mm. you know where like as he said, it, there was an interview where he said like he was writing this stuff and he knew it wasn't for Soundgarden, yeah. so so he put it somewhere else. Um, yeah, and I think you're right. I think that you know some of it's like quite heavy-ish, but a lot of like yeah. stuff like "Call Me a Dog" and and "Times of Trouble" yeah. like wouldn't ever be on a, a Soundgarden record. No, I can imagine some of them maybe like pushing forward back. Yeah, and uh, thinking your savior could go on a yeah Soundgarden exactly record. yeah yeah. yeah. Anything basically that starts with distorted rhythm. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice to hear a more grungy side yeah, to, nice, to this. It is yeah. a cool riff, isn't it? That kind of. It's very cool. Now, now. It's got that really yeah. Alice in Chains. It's like very phasey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot of this, like when they take that sort of side of things, it sounds much closer to Alice in Chains than Soundgarden. Yeah. I thought, mm-hmm. which was quite interesting. Yeah. Seeing I as it's half of Soundgarden. Yeah. Um, and then I don't really know Pearl Jam enough to know whether this is sort of emblematic of what they might become. No, at least most of 10 um, is a bit more like pushing forward back, like uh, Your oh, Saviour. Okay. I don't know, like later on, I think, you know, since Pearl Jam have, have probably explored much more avenue-wise, but their their debut sounded a lot more like the, the rocky stuff from this album. Mm. So I'm going to ha- have a very controversial take now, Kyle. Go for it. I'm not a huge fan of the solo in Reach Down. Okay. I... I I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's very good. He's doing very good guitar playing. But <laughs> I I think I like to have this sort of sense that the solo knows where it's going. Uh-huh. Like, if you listen to a Tremonti solo, it might be long, 
like the solo in Blackbird, for instance. Yes. I feel like that's, I don't know, like two minutes long or something. Mm -hmm. But I feel like it it has a path, whereas this just feels like a lot of noodling Mm -hmm. for five minutes and and some sort of phrases in it are amazing but as a whole thing i i don't hugely love it which i know everyone's like this is the greatest solo in the world (laughs) so i sort of feel like a bit of a heathen saying that but that's my take on it i think i would agree with you i think um no i think because i like like you said i like bits of it but i think Mm. there's a great clip of chris that i might link as well where he's literally talking about writing this song and he, Mm -hmm. he essentially says um, when I was writing it, I was thinking, yeah, I'm going to do a six minute guitar solo and fuck you is basically exactly what he says. Uh, <laughs> and he's not wrong. Like it is cool, but like it's, yeah, it just gets a bit too meandering for me. Like I like, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that Mike's in your left ear doing the, like, you know, the clearly improvised, like shredding. And in yeah. your right ear, uh, Stone Gossard is like also doing a bit of noodling and, you know, he's not yeah. just playing chords or anything. And it yeah. makes a cool thing. But after about four minutes of it, Mm. I agree with you. I think, as as like you said, it's so revered, and I think to me it might be my least favorite solo on the whole record. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Be- because I think every other solo is just spot on, and I think this one is, like you say, it's a bit, it's just a bit meandering, and that's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be a six minute jam, yeah. but that's the kind of thing in my head, which is just my opinion, is that it's for that sort of thing is for live playing. And on a record, exactly, yeah. You should you should have a have a. Story it's for live there. playing or for Pink Floyd albums. Yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. Whereas on a record, you should be like, yeah, I've got a minute, and I'm going to say something with my minute, and here it is. Yeah, yeah. But I've I've genuinely found myself listening to Matt's drumming more than like oh. during the solo. I was yeah. just like listening to what Matt's doing. Mm-hmm. He's he's so good, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he he's rarely doing the same thing twice, and yep. it's for five minutes. Like yeah. that could get so stale if he was just drumming for five minutes, like yeah. Dum, psh, dum, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's going all over the place. Yeah. It's so good. He is. He is just great. He is just yeah. great. Um, but besides that, other than the big guitar solo, which is like the main part of the song, it's just kind of mm-hmm. a cool, I guess, tribute yeah. to Andrew, isn't it? Another like yeah. a story about, I guess, the sort of stuff Andrew was getting up to with the side note of him. I like a little uh, sort of nods to him being addicted to heroin and stuff like that, I think. Yes. And it does have, after the big solo, when the guitar's cut out and then it has like the a cappella chorus. Yes. That's amazing. I love yeah. that bit. Yeah. The, what That's Chris is doing cool. in that, again, is just nuts. Like the, yeah. So so Eddie's doing backing mm-hmm. on like a lot of these songs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just normally, yeah. I think it's in the right ear from what I could tell. And it's normally okay. just him doing like a low end harmony because obviously he's got a bit of a lower voice than Chris. Mm-hmm. And so he would just be singing the ooze or the say hello to him yeah. sort of stuff. But like, yeah, lower. So is there backing vocals that are also Chris like going over himself? Yeah. There's some high harmony stuff. Um, Cause like if we, if we go forward into hunger strike yeah, where he's saying, I'm going hungry bit. Yeah. And then there's that like second bit where he's yeah. like really high. Yeah. Is that the, that's just Chris as well, is it? Yes. No. So they're both. So Eddie is the low one in that one. Eddie is doing. Oh, the, Eddie's the, like the main da, one. Da, yeah, and then Chris is right. just doing the, the the lower mixed one. Um, I see. But there is a song later on where Chris is doing the main line and a really high harmony over himself, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. not Eddie at all. Um, but yeah, Hunger Strike is just a joint header between the two of them. Do you want to talk cool. about Hunger Strike? I would love to. It's okay. The best song on the album. Oh for me. shit! Okay. I mean, I do love it. It's. I can't believe still to this day that it was a single. I still think it's really weird. Like, but because I'm, it's so dark. 
Because it's dark, because um, it's basically just like one guitar part for f- sort of four yeah. minutes, there's not really a chorus. Like the I'm Going Hungry is more like a refrain at the end of the verses. And then yeah. the chorus is like the... But it's so good though. Down. Oh, absolutely. But yeah. then it just and then that, to that, that riff is yeah. just... I love that yeah, riff exactly. so much. But I feel like normally that would be like into a chorus, but it doesn't. It just goes to like... Like da down da down, and then back to the verse of down da and da, and then back to the I'm going hungry bit, and it's like yeah, it's so weirdly structured, but yeah, every every second of it works, like you say. Yeah, and I, what I love about that riff is that most bands would play that bit through twice, and then as you say, just go into like washy chords and yes. do a chorus. Whereas they're just like, no, we're just going to do this four times, yeah. and it's gonna yeah, yeah. we're just going to hold that, and then that's going to be the thing, and then we're just going to go do something else. Yeah, it's great, yeah. isn't it? It's such a cool riff as well, considering it's like just two notes or whatever. Like it's just like an yeah. E chord and then an E and then a D again and then the an E and nothing and changes. Then the yeah. oh, so good. Yeah, yeah and, I love uh, it. For a way for Eddie Vedder to introduce himself to the world as well, it's not bad, is it? Yeah. Uh, so he, he basically ended up being backing vocalist on this because he was just sort of sitting in the room hanging out with them and then they were just like, do you want to do anything? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, they were rehearsing Pearl Jam stuff at the same time, like what would become 10. Um, And so he was sort of around waiting for Temple of the Dog to finish so that Pearl Jam could start. Uh, And yeah, and I think the the story for this song is that Chris was like having trouble doing the second part because he can't sing that low, like Mm -hmm. like comfortably. And Eddie one day apparently just stood up in practice and started singing it like low. And Chris was like... Oh, that's exactly what I needed. Yeah, I'll just sing on the top of that. And then like, and it became, so he wasn't meant to have a lead part. He was just going to do backing vocals. But then on this song, right, it just worked out that he had the exact right, perfect voice for yeah for the song. But his and, voice isn't like too different. Like you're not hearing no. those bits and thinking, oh, hang on, what's going on now? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Especially like considering it. it's the, the first verse is just the same thing twice. <laughs> like the whole verse. Yes. verse. And yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't get boring at any point. No. It's great. Um, Pushing forward back. Yeah. It's a weird song, isn't it? Nice 7 8. Nice 7 8. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. This is is where you get a bit of your sound garden involved. Nice sort of like. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool that the the verses in this are. um, Yeah, because it's basically just that riff. It's like, it's, yeah, it's really strange, but not much changes. It's basically that for the whole song. And again, this is a solo, a single as well. Yeah. Again, like the weirdest choices. Yeah. So you have like the verse and then the bit before the chorus when that other guitar comes in that's like really sort of razor like I love that tone. I don't know what it is about it, but it's so cool. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Yeah, I fucking love it. And it's got that great um just before the solo when he's doing the the drown bit. Am I thinking of the Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he's doing the uh, I know I'll never drown, and it's got that weird like real guitar yeah. part, and then he goes yeah. off, and then it just goes. Wah! Yeah, that is yeah. cool. Good stuff. Um, Call me a dog. I bloody love this song, Rich. Do you? Yeah, I absolutely love this song. Do you hate it? I don't hate it. It's fine. Okay. It's. Uh, I, I've said. Oh, Lenny Kravitz is back. <laughs> uh, it's a fine ballad. What's with the dogs? <laughs> <laughs> what is with the dogs? Don't know. But I do really like the lyrics. Uh, I think the lyrics are cool. I just, I just something yeah. about that chorus with the um, when it's my time to throw the next stone bit. I really yeah. like that. It's yeah, nice no, that yeah, that is great. And then the the solo is great in this song. And yeah. then how the the sort of 
the noodling comes into the final chorus, yes. like the yeah, ding, yeah. ding 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 ding, like mm-hmm. that stuff is just really nice. Yeah, it is. It is lovely. That bit before the solo when he does the "If you keep me on a leash and you drag me along," and he goes, he goes. Oh for it. yeah, just that's great. Straight into the solo. Oh. That sort of like building would usually just be like the chords or guitar yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, I'm just going to do that, build into the solo vocally, because yeah. I'm Chris Cornell. <laughs> Cause I, yeah, because I can hit any note I want. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah, th- this might be my favourite solo on the album. I don't yeah. know. There's I, there's I a couple from this mm-hmm. point on, but there um, are. yeah. Yeah, I, but yeah I it's really cool. Like this also, we get some bass harmonics in this song. We do, which... he loves them. I don't know if, again, I don't know like enough about Pearl Jam to know if it's a thing that Jeff Ament does all the time but certainly like Jeremy do you know Jeremy by Pearl Jam yes that starts with dun, 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 ding, yeah. that's a, like he seems to love him he seems to be a big yeah. fan of the there's a few on this album where he does like not only like harmonics but like harmonics with slides like pew, and he like <laughs> slides up a harmonic which is always wonderful yeah times of trouble oh. yeah thoughts I mean it's possibly the darkest song on the album yeah it, i agree with you yeah and it could easily be like a song that's this sort of explicitly about taking drugs yes could potentially be like so corny and so like to- like just tonally just completely misfiring mm-hmm. but i i think this song is spot on yeah and it's weird because it's it's such dark content but then the guitar is actually quite light and breezy isn't it yeah it's nice like acoustic and and yeah yeah it comes out of nowhere like witness i wonder if it's because just to like absolutely speculate i wonder if it's because like chris had a bit of trouble with like drugs and and that sort of thing i wonder if it's like because it's so personal you know what i mean so it's so close to him yeah it's not like like you say one of those really corny abstracted like oh taking drugs is bad yeah yeah literally no this is what he's not he's not chad kroger talking about drugs (laughs) (laughs) no he's not yeah um but yeah it's it's so good and the fact that it it sort of takes that zero chance thing of just every yes. chorus and just builds and builds and builds like yeah. like four like three times each yeah. time it's just bigger and bigger Big, yeah and longer and that bigger chorus and... of um if somebody left you out on the ledge like mm. that yeah. section like that melody yeah it's just so good it's great isn't it yeah yeah like, and it's weird to like because it's not a double chorus like you would normally just extend the chorus and do the same chords but with four more lines because it's a completely mm. different part. Exactly, but it's, yeah. but it's now the tail end of the chorus. And yeah. it's, just, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Oh. oh. It's oh. fantastic. It's also got a goddamn sweet harmonica solo. It has got a sweet from Chris harmonica Cornell, solo. Who, like, yeah. as far as I'm aware, never played harmonica on a recording again. And I don't know why. Because <laughs> it's He's great. It's very good. It's yeah. fucking great. Yeah, I like it. Um, but it, but with the harmonica and just like the sort of floaty feel of the guitar, it sort of works, even though it is at odds, like feeling a bit breezy and then the lyrics being dark, the the fact that the guitar is sort of like floaty and dreamy, mm-hmm. I guess it sort of makes sense with the lyrics, right? Yeah. Because it's think... talking about taking heroin. Yeah. And then, and then it sort of does have this sort of like floaty, ridey sort of feel to it, mm-hmm. which sort of makes sense, I guess. Yeah, it does. Oh, um, and then however big the chorus mounts up to it just always just drops straight back down yeah. to that acoustic it's, yeah. it's so good it is oh. it's very good yeah it's got a great end this when it just goes back to the ding yeah. like that thing yeah it's cool yeah Oh. Uh, how do you feel about Wooden Jesus? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it, Richard. Of course I do. I lo- <laughs> it's, it's got such a great drum beat. That drum beat is such a good yeah. intro. Um, yeah. 
and I love any song that's sort of knocking the notion of religion and the, you know, like the the idea of yeah. just like blind faith, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the lyrics are great. I love that it just, it's quite like low key and he's singing really like casually and it's got all those background like percussion-y. Ding, dong, ding, yeah, lots of percussion things. going on, isn't there? Yeah. Um, and then towards the end, after the guitar solo, he's like, and now I'm going to sing. 10 times higher than I've been singing the entire song. And he just repeats the first verse, but like, what up? Yeah, he does. So I also have a slightly controversial take on that as well. Okay, go I'm, for it. I'm afraid. I'm going to... absolutely fine. So I, I feel like Chris, like obviously Chris is a great singer and he does some great stuff on this album, but I feel like on this, his vocals almost get to the point of what we were saying about Tremonti soloing on every song. Oh, Okay. It's like he reaches that sort of high pitched, like the huge, like wailing Chris Cornell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much on every song. Yeah. And it sort of makes it makes it less not it's not less impressive, but it's less sort of um I don't know, I, I feel like you should reserve that for certain moments and certain songs because then it's like yeah. they, they sort of earn it rather than like just getting to it on every song yeah. because then it's like, well, that's just sort of what the song does. Like that's sort of what you expect then from every song. Yeah. And I think it, it works really well with some songs and then other songs that we're going to come up to. I feel like it sort of just reaches that high point for no real reason. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, it's the sort of thing I don't think he did ever again, really like, mm. Other than 91, because Bad Motorfinger has a lot of it. I feel like a lot of Soundgarden's really early stuff. So up to this point, up to 91, mm. he was like, like you know, like a Robert Plant, like really high. Yeah. And then I think after Super Unknown, Super Unknown's got some of it, but not not all. And then certainly down on the upside that we listened to didn't have, mm. you know, hardly anything like this. Yeah, hardly that's any, true. Hardly any. And then I think, you know, Audio Slave, he doesn't do it in Audio Slave, does he? No, he, he does a bit i guess like in goes, like the later yeah. songs yeah like yeah, he, he like really sort of reaches a new point in like some of the later songs on the uh, audio yeah. slave debut but because then it's mixed in with the more rocky tracks yeah. and the sort of stuff it, it sort of feels like oh this is a song where he does that rather than just hitting it every time yeah i think yeah i think it was a, a yeah like a choice up to up to maybe 91 maybe through mm. 94 but certainly after super unknown so yeah i know what you mean like again i love it but i know what you mean yeah that, the, um, I feel like someone like Miles Kennedy, who has like a naturally high voice anyway, mm -hmm. like reserves like the really big, the really big stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think, yeah. On, on certainly on this stuff, Chris didn't, and I'm fine with it. But I can see what you mean that seven songs of, oh, you know, <laughs> here, here comes the whale. Like you know, yeah. you, can, you can be like, oh yeah, there isn't, there it is. But yeah, I'm not saying. Obviously, he's an amazing singer, so it's not like someone who can't sing yeah. is trying to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's obviously impressive every time, but it's yeah. just. I don't necessarily think it's necessary every time, but yeah. I I don't know if he's the kind of guy that's doing it because he's just like I'm going to show off now. Like yeah, I don't yeah. really see him as that. No, I just, no, no. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think you're right. It's probably more of like his songwriting at the time that was yeah. the kind of thing he did. Yeah, and also he's not playing a guitar on this album at all, no. so he's sort of got a bit more freedom to throw himself at the vocals, yeah. I guess, mm. isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, your saver, uh, your savior very sort of rocky mm -hmm. sort of it's a strange song this isn't it it is like, a strange I, song I think it's good but it's it's got that sort of Alice in Chains weirdness to it like yeah. I kept wanting to sing Sick Man over the top yeah. of this <laughs> yeah it's a weird 
riff isn't it like it's a weird it's this yeah and that kind of feels sort of goes through the whole song i think um but it's cool i do really like it but it is cool yeah but yeah it's what do you think of his long hey in the chorus uh, yeah i mean you know that seems to be a thing in music these days isn't it a chorus of yeah. just like an ooh or a hey or a yeah uh so maybe he was just ahead of the curve by doing maybe it. he was uh, yeah but i mean it's cool i love the guitar riff that goes into it the when he's doing the don't give me your savior the that like really high down 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 don't it's really cool um yeah i mean it's cool and i do like the outro of this, like, I mean, I like mm. the whole song, obviously. It's got another really good guitar solo in it. Um, Great solo in this song. Yeah. yeah. But that outro, when it goes to like the da da don't get da da that's, that's like a Soundgarden outshine kind of feel. Um, yeah, I, I love that section. And I mm. sort of wish that, because it, it has that just extension of the riff for like a minute or a mm-hmm. bit in the middle, and then the solo, and then that really cool in, outro. Yeah. And I sort of wish that they'd maybe hinted at that outro yes. before the solo, then done the solo and then done that. Right? Because mm-hmm. the, the middle bit is just sort of the same riff, but just a bit differently. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily feel like big enough to be an interlude or a bridge or something. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that, I, I agree. That that bridge right at the end is just great. I love it's it. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's a great way yeah. to end the song. And Matt's going absolutely nuts in it. He's going, oh, and Matt's yeah. just giving it the... Oh. Yeah, Matt, and Matt is a great drummer, isn't he's he? He's an incredible drummer, yeah. Yeah. So who was the drummer in Pearl Jam that he replaced? They had uh, a drummer, I can't remember his name, you know. They had a drummer on mm. 10, and then I think they had a different drummer for the album after, and then and then Matt joined, you know, like their second or their third or fourth album. Uh, okay. maybe. So right. Matt's been there a very long time, since 98, okay. yeah, and their first album was 91. I can't remember the guy's name, I feel very bad. There's a really good Pearl Jam documentary called PJ20, that they yeah, up. I saw that quoted a lot in stuff yeah, I was reading. Yeah, it was because Chris is on that a lot as yeah, well. Chris, yeah, because it's, it's it. about their formation and their, it's for their twentieth anniversary, obviously. So yeah. yeah, it's a really I've got it actually. It's a really good documentary. Oh, um, cool. But yeah, I should know his name. I'm very sorry. Sorry, drummer so, of Pearl Jam. So was was Matt? Did he was he in Pearl Jam and Soundgarden when Soundgarden got back together? Yes, yes. So right. in. 2012 when King Animal came out they went on Soundgarden mm-hmm. and went on tour and then he would go on tour with Pearl Jam and then you know play some shows with Soundgarden and then back yeah. and forth um, and then Temple of the Dog apparently like two years yeah later. exactly yeah <laughs> which is just his normal band and his old band you know what I mean like it's yeah, just a, yeah exactly he, he's not going to put any effort in he's just always there <laughs> cool um, how do you feel about Four Walled World this apart I'm, from I'm, finding it difficult to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, I mean I like it uh, I it's very bluesy. It's very cool. I think this goes on a bit too long. This might be uh, the yeah. one other than Reach Down that I think could could have been trimmed. Uh, yeah, I certainly for sure. think the the outro is just just sort of long and meandering and yeah. Because I like the um, I really like the verses. The Well She mm-hmm. Cried. The, like I really love the feel yeah. of that whole section. Um, so and, bluesy, isn't it? Yeah, just starting so, with. Well, she cries, she cries all night to the sound of the freeway hum. Yeah. That's like, I mean, especially the way he's saying it, like singing it, it's just like, it's so bluesy. And that guitar, that just doing that exact same riff all the way through, mm-hmm. but it doesn't get, it doesn't get uh, stale or anything. It's, no. it's such a cool little, it's not even really a riff. It's just, I don't know it's what like it is. Little, it's just like a little, da-da, 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 like a little twiddle, isn't yeah. it? And then, and then yeah. a strum. Yeah. This is the one where the bass is going like, don't, like harmonics really high and then slide yeah. like, like. But then there's a slide guitar on the chorus on this yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mental. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, I think after that second chorus, um, mm-hmm. when it goes back to the first verse, I quite like that in like a really sparse first verse. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, the, the outro, I don't mind the now the sun is low bit the first time it comes around and then, yeah. and then it's just long and long. And sort of two minutes of just like yeah, the again, biggest kind of yeah and it's and it is just like riffing and just it's as if they're at the end of the gig but yeah. it's on record mm-hmm. um yeah. which i find really strange like i've maybe if that was the last song on the album yeah i wouldn't have such a problem with it but it's yeah. just like two minutes of that and it's just I, it gets so long and yeah. then there's just another song as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and again it's not bad like i don't want it to sound like i like have to skip it but yeah I, mm-hmm. I you know if i was gonna be extra critical and trim a bit of the album it would be probably the outro of reach down and the outro of Fall yeah World. fine um how do you feel about all night thing again it's a weird little song it's it's definitely it's very strange isn't it would have been on this this sounds like something from euphoria morning which is chris's first solo record just like oh, right, okay brushes piano chris bit of organ bit of organ and just Chris's <laughs> voice just singing about like a, a sort of will it won't it happen night yeah. with a with a person and yeah it's like the, yeah the rest of the band aren't even on it uh it's it's weird I do really like it I think it was in Wayne's World you know I'm sure this song's was in it? Wayne's World I think so <laughs> I think the last time I watched Wayne's World I got really excited because Chris Cornell suddenly appeared um oh that's yeah, like reminded me I watched Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey yesterday okay have Which you ever one? seen it I've, is that the first one it's the second one. Oh no, I've seen the first so one, but I was Excellent Adventure is the first one. Right, I've and seen then... that but a long, long time ago, so I don't really remember it. So I, I'd never seen either of them until like the Christmas holidays, I think. Okay. I saw the first one over Christmas and then yeah, which the second one yesterday. It's got um uh the uh the guy from Faith No More, not Mike Patton, uh the guitarist from Faith oh, No More. He, I know you, I can he's picture just him. in it. Yeah. Um <laughs> and then also they go to a seance and everyone's like, Oh, who would you like to hear from? And they're like, Oh, I'd like to hear from Gandhi. I'd like to hear and one of the people says Ty Cobb. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I was like, that's such a weird little reference. <laughs> that's such a weird reference. Yeah. There you go. Um, what do you do you not like all that thing? Like do you think I th- well, I think because I mean I'm not a huge fan of Full World World, but I think it, it would end the album a lot better. So I I've in my head, all night thing is is quite like a bonus track, especially because yeah. it's so different feeling, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's fine, yeah, but it's it doesn't really do much for me. I, I do like the the brushes and the organ and, and things like yeah. that, but it's uh, yeah, it's a bit too. I don't know. It's not it's not that it's different because I don't mind it being different. It's just it just feels slightly oddly placed. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Also. I saw a comment on song meanings about this oh, song. Oh, yes. Someone said, this is my absolute favourite song of all time. Okay. I can't go one day without listening to it. Wow. I literally probably listen to it 50 times a day. I mean, <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever heard any other songs? Do you have ever, yeah. Do you have any time to listen to any other Even music? if you listen to it once a day, surely you wouldn't do that. But 50 times 50 every times. day. <laughs> That's great. How long is it? What is it? Three minutes long? It's uh, four yeah, minutes 352. long. Yeah, 352. Okay, so it's four minutes long. Okay. She's so spending Christ. like three and a half hours a day yeah. listening to this song. <laughs> oh, I think cool. he's lying. Yeah, so do I. But I hope he's not. I hope that there is someone in the world True. that literally does nothing but listen to All Night Thing on repeat. <laughs> uh, I saw that you put 
your Hall of Fame <laughs> yes or no on the spreadsheet before we'd even started this one. <laughs> yep. Has that changed or are you no. sticking with that? I've been listening to this album for probably like, you know, 10 plus years at this point. No, I still mm-hmm. love it, Rich. I completely agree with you. I'm not saying it's a perfect, perfect record, but mm-hmm. um, it it holds a very special place in my heart uh, yes. as pretty much everything Chris ever did uh does and yeah Mm -hmm. i love it i yeah i can see that there's a bits of it that yeah that are weird i know it's a strange album um Mm -hmm. there's some songs on it that are a bit weird in places but for me i i love it i've listened to it hundreds of times i'll probably listen to it thousands more before i die (laughs) what about you i am not putting it in my hall of fame i'm afraid i uh i i was really torn because obviously it's a really like emotional album Mm-hmm. because of like where it's come from and um especially now that chris has passed as well like it's it's just got this like some of the songs have just got this sort of second meaning on top of the yeah. original meaning so it, it makes it quite like a difficult listen sometimes um but i think there's probably almost as many songs on it that i would probably tend to like probably want to skip that i wouldn't want to skip mm-hmm. if it makes sense like probably yeah. not five and five but it there's there's some on there um and there, there's some great stuff on there there's some really excellent stuff on there but i th- i think i probably prefer down on the upside to this not okay. that they have to be directly comparable because they're technically different bands but given that we've talked about chris and matt before i just yeah. thought i would sort of compare them um but yeah i mean that the songs that i do like i really really like mm-hmm. but the songs that i'm not a huge fan of i yeah i probably would skip yeah. um but it's been really interesting to listen to. Yeah, I'm very excited yeah. for you to hear Ten and Bad Motorfinger. Yes, from, from yeah. Later on in this year, I think they'll be they'll be two good albums to get into at some point. Yes, I hope so. Yes, so that means the two songs are going on the playlist. Uh, a yes, yes and a that no is means true. Two songs, and I think yes. I can already tell which songs are going to go on. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, if you want to, have you got a three? Do you want to give me your three? Uh, yes, I've got three. My three are Say Hello to Heaven, Hunger Strike, Times of Trouble. Okay. What are yours? Uh, the exact same three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are three absolute bangers, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. My th- I, uh, Say Hello to Heaven and Hunger Strike were dead sets for me, but um, yeah. yeah, Times of Trouble and Call Me a Dog was like a, a tough, tough uh, call right. for me. But yeah, Times of Trouble is just an absolute tune. So that still means we only put two on, right? We don't get to put all three on. It um, does, yeah. Which, so, which but I mean, you say hello to heaven is my favorite, and hunger strike mm. is your favorite. So it makes sense to just put them to one, right? I guess so. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But Are you I okay will, with that? Yeah, I mean, I will lament times of trouble not being on there, but it's absolutely fine. I can yeah. just listen to that in my own time. Don't worry, I, I have plenty of regrets with this playlist. Yeah. <laughs> well, we will talk about them one day, I'm sure. <laughs> um, cool. Okay, Kyle, please tell me we can bring out the random number generator today. Uh, no, sorry, mate, we can't. <laughs> and it's your well, own fault. <laughs> it is my own fault. So next week, uh, well, within the space of this episode and next episode is going to be the 17th of March, which is St. Patrick's Day. So we thought we'd do a special episode for St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. So we are listening to the most Irish band we could think of, which is the <laughs> Jockey <too>. Murphys. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, we could have gone with them. <laughs> Uh, but we're going with Dropkick Murphys and their album The Warrior's Code that's yes. going to be our uh, St. Patrick's Day episode um, how familiar with Dropkick Murphys are you Kyle? Zero percent zero percent familiar you have mentioned them because we've been planning this you know as we have for a while now yeah. and you've said we should do a St. Patrick's Day episode how about the Dropkick Murphys and that was mm-hmm. 
that was it. That's all I knew about them until I... <laughs> That's the only reference you've ever heard. <laughs> I've heard their name, but I couldn't have told you. If you just said the Tropic Murphys, I wouldn't have gone, oh, that Irish band. I would have been like, uh, okay. a right. band? Sure. Like, I've heard right. of them, but I don't know what they do. And so now, you didn't even know they were like a Celtic punk band? No, not at uh, all. Okay, interesting. Cool. So, well, I look forward to hearing what you think of them. Yes. Are you familiar with them? Do you, did you suggest them because you're really familiar with them? Uh, I suggested them because I'm amply familiar with them i guess Uh, i know one of the songs off the warrior's code is in the departed which is how i sort of heard of them the first time okay Um, and then i have one of their albums not this one but their their next one i think the meanest of times got you okay i have Uh, but yeah so we're going to go with the warrior's code um for next week kyle how can people get in touch with us in the meantime yeah, so you can email us, uh, chewthemetal at gmail.com if you want to talk about how wrong Rich was regarding Temple of the Dog <laughs> uh, or anything else past and present. I've had plenty of people tell me I've been wrong. So far, Rich has got a clean sheet according to the, uh, the consensus of the listeners, which is horseshit, and I'm so... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so that's that. If you want to get us on social media, we are on Instagram at Chew the Metal. Um, and if you could also... I know there's lots of pod- uh, podcast platforms out there, but uh, the Apple podcast platform lets you rate and review uh, podcasts. So if you even if you don't listen on there, if you could go on there for us just leave us a nice five-star review and a little maybe a little a little written statement as well that helps us get seen and helps more people sort of find the podcast and listen to us so if you can that would be a big old help it certainly would thank you very much okay so that's been temple of the dog by temple of the dog uh thank you for joining us and we're going to go listen to the warriors code by dropkick murphys for a week and in the meantime happy saint patrick's day to everyone happy birthday today for kyle again (laughs) and we will see you next week bye Um, right, let's just get into it, yeah? Mm-hmm. Hi, this is oh. Kyle. Oh, are you okay? And this is... Sorry, sorry. I just uh, thought, yeah, I should probably have my notes out, shouldn't I? <laughs> Almost <laughs> definitely, I reckon. Actually, you know what? So should I, Rich? Where am I? There you go. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, um, right. Sorry, and then I realised that I didn't actually need to disturb you because I could easily have said my name, it's... but oh well. <laughs> no, it's fine, don't worry. Right, okay, let's try two. again. Take two. Oh, Hi. we haven't done oh. a clap. <laughs> Good point. We haven't done a clap. No, you're fucking right. Do it at the end. Right, okay, let's do a clap. Right, here we go. Hi, this is Kyle. And this is Rich. Welcome to episode 30. Nope. Yeah, that is right, isn't it? God damn it! I was going to just say welcome to Chew the Metal, and then I realised, okay, take whatever it is. I'm very sorry.